This episode of Butchered Breakaways brought to you by our Patreon, just like it is every week. Our Embrace the Tank t-shirts are shipping out soon. Thanks so much for all the support. We also hit a recent goal. You know, just, just gonna say it's pretty high. It's a pretty high goal. Anyway, let's get to the podcast. Got a lot going on today. Got Alexa Gershaw, got Hockey Stat Miner, gonna talk all things AV. Goodbye, my friend. Bye, boy! And also, the return of Ilya Kovalchuk to the United States. Where will he play? Is this a Rangers podcast? I don't know. Let's find out. More on this podcast right now. Here we go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway comrades. Welcome to another week of the communism episode of Bushwick Breakaway. Gregory, everyone say hello at the same time. Three, two, one. Hello. No, I don't do countdowns. Okay. (laughs) You weren't a TRL guy? No, I never cared for TRL. My sisters were big fans, but uh, not my cup of tea. Hmm. Much more of a midday cartoon network tsunami kind of guy. Oh, five o'clock tsunami as a kid? Oh, good. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Teen Titans, before it was Teen Titans Go, there was... Well, the, there was the, re- pa- the Power Hour, man, was Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing. That was like... Do, do you remember Reboot? Of course I do. That that show messed me up. It got dark at the end. Yeah, it did. Anyway, welcome to another episode of the Rangers podcast called Bush Breakaway. We're talking <laughs> exclusively about the Rangers, always nothing else. And we, uh, the 7-1 and one New York Mets. It's and just the Rangers, and that's it. Uh, definitely not Aaron Boone and some of his decision-making. <laughs> Oh my god, it's bizarre. We'll get to that later. We'll Come on, to, we got stuff to talk about. We got stuff to talk about. You may or may have not noticed we released a emergency podcast that was recorded 20 minutes after Elaine Mignot got fired. Uh, my, my sleep schedule has been fucked yeah. since then. Too. Yes, sir, it has. You are running on fumes, but I appreciate you being here with me tonight. Sheesh. On a 6.15 on a Monday night. So, let's get into the weeds. There was this guy, Elaine Vigneault. He used to coach the Rangers. He may or may not have been, what, 60% of this podcast material? Ooh. um, Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Last last year, I don't think there was a single episode we did there in the 2017-18 season where we did not mention Elaine Vigneault. I think they're, like, like the closest we came to not mentioning Elaine Vigneault was probably us saying... We can't be angry at Elaine Vigneault today. We do it all the time. We need to try and be angry at someone else. Yeah, like we were like, oh, we've done it too much, so we don't want to run it too much into the ground, and then we continue to pound it into the ground. It, it was the most important storyline of the 2017-18 season. When we look back on that year, in hindsight, I think Vigneault's team management will still be number one, even with trading Ryan McDonough, trading JT Miller, trading Rick Nash. Trading Nick Holden. All the trades the Rangers did, I still think the number one storyline was how Elaine Vigneault had a playoff caliber roster and bungled it so hard that they felt the need to rebuild. It's funny looking back now, we sort of touched on this in the last episode if you haven't listened to it, which would be they gave him the extension and and it felt like from game one that we all knew he was gone. But yet they still extended him. I, I remember vividly on the podcast we did about the extension. I said, why are we, why are they doing this? This extension doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at the time. I, I, there are a lot of things I can be accused of saying that have turned out to be incorrect on this podcast. It, 
It happens. We've done 125 of these now, plus bonus episodes. I'm going to be wrong, and it's going to happen minimum 50% of the time. But I, I can I can say I never wavered on the, this extension makes zero sense. I don't understand why it's happening. This team shouldn't be committing their long-term future to Elaine Vino. It could very well blow up in their face. And you know what it did? All of that. It blew, it blew up, up in their, in their face, face like five games later. It is incredible to me that Elaine Vino was able to survive last year's playoffs. That That's the one that feels somewhat unbelievable. It It's, of course, at some point in time, you have to hold players accountable. Like the, Elaine Vino wasn't physically playing the games for himself. He wasn't trusting players to execute his plan, but he was also just putting the wrong personnel out on the ice. He was setting himself up and the team up to fail. And then the team did, and the Rangers said, yeah, we'll give him one more chance. One more chance, please. And then, and then that chance good. results in a – it's a lost season. That's that's what this year was. It was a lost season. And it, it – we kind of touched on this. I'm going to stop saying we kind of touched on this already because this is a brand-new podcast. But it just felt lackluster the whole year. There was nothing special about the 2017-2018 Rangers. There was no moment where I was like, wow, look at this shining moment that could be this microchasm of this entire season. The microchasm of the season was Buchnevich playing on like the fourth line and, yeah, and a and, ton of mismanagement. Right. There are things – the Rangers, admittedly so, went into the season with a less than ideal roster construction in hindsight. I mean, it's easy to say that now because we saw how players like Brendan Smith – uh, for example, performed. But you also have to just evaluate the chances Elaine Vigneault didn't take to try and make this roster better. We did not see McDonough Shattenkirk all season. 51 minutes. We did not see Kevin Hayes on a power play unit until the season was completely over. We did not see Pavel Buchnevich featured on a nightly basis and consistently featured regardless of whatever struggles he may be having on a nightly basis. We didn't see... Just simple things like readjusting lines when Mika Zibanejad got hurt. Instead of trying to put Kevin Hayes in a more advantageous position, we saw David DeHarnay sliding into the top line. We we didn't see enough of Pavlik to keep Henrik Lundqvist fresh, who was, by the way, having the best year of his career. Both Pavlik and Lundqvist, you can make a case, I guess. You I'm can sure maybe make the case for Lundqvist. I mean... He's had plenty of great you can make years. Case, I think you can make the case for Pavlik. Just based off the terrible year he had last year, he was playing like a low-end starting goalie in the NHL. Yeah. This, the, the options were there for this team to try different things, and Elaine Vigneault never did. Nick Holden always played on the top pairing. Mark Stahl always played. To Mark Stahl's credit, he probably had one of the more solid seasons, but he's still Mark Stahl, and you have to be careful about the situations you're putting him in. We this th- we saw way too much of Cody McLeod for whatever the fuck this team was doing. Elaine Vigneault had opportunities to be creative and save his job, and he didn't do it. I, I don't think you could really blame anyone besides Elaine Vigneault for his firing. He, he basically did this to himself. So I have a question. You're in Vegas, sure. theoretically, before the season, having a okay. great time. Yep. If you go to Vegas and you say to them, I want the odds – on under an hour played together, Shattenkirk McDonough. What are the odds they present you with? On the under? Yes. 
the over would have been minus a thousand, like minus a thousand minimum, probably more than that. Probably more. It, the under to get you to bite, probably plus five thousand. Yeah, that's what I I I truly feel that way. And Shattenkirk, although he played hurt most of the season, and we we know that now was still playing and was never really given the opportunity. And in interviews after signing with the Rangers said, you know, I cannot wait to play with Ryan McDonough. And we said, we did that for 51 minutes. There are, that is inexcusable. There are scenarios where it does make sense to, you know, spread out the talent and keep pairings deeper in order to get more ice time from higher quality players. But at some point, you just need to play your two best players together, especially when their handedness works. It wouldn't have required someone to play offhanded. And it, um, Brady Shea was struggling for the entirety of the season. It, there, were, there were good moments and there were really bad moments. And I, it's safe to say that Shea probably took a slight step back last year. And considering the amount of long-term faith that this organization is putting in to a player like Brady Shea, that development is unacceptable. And Elaine Vino can release statements and have long-winded press conferences all he likes about how his coaching staff was had a solid track record of developing players. It didn't. It's just him saying that so he can one day get another job. JT Miller struggled under Elaine Vino. Pavel Buchnevich struggled under Elaine Vigneault. Brady Shea struggled under Elaine Vigneault. Jimmy Vesey struggled under Elaine Vigneault. Kevin Hayes struggled for a long time under Elaine Vigneault. Well, everyone can remember Kevin Hayes' second season when he was abysmal. And then when Kevin Hayes started to develop and evolve as a hockey player, instead of featuring Kevin Hayes, he was somewhat held down. So what, what was accomplished under Elaine Vigneault? What did he do? outside of his first two seasons in charge of this team that warranted a sixth season. People, the, the, the Elaine apologists that have come out in the last couple of days, both chirping on our timeline, chirping on other people's timelines, chirping in Reddit, chirping everywhere. What have you, besides, well, Elaine Vigneault won a lot of games. Good for fucking him. Any average NHL coach could have won a lot of games with this Ranger Corps because it was really fucking good. And Henrik Lundqvist was in goal. I don't think, well, he won a lot of games, does anything. Not New York. They got embarrassed by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. They got dismantled by a lesser talented Ottawa Senators team that the Rangers should have beaten five games last year. This team, after the Tampa Bay Lightning Eastern Conference final loss, did nothing in the playoffs. This team was so average the last three years. Considering the talent that they had, there was nothing there to say Elaine Vigneault deserved another season. No, there wasn't. And the good parts of Vigneault were this. He came in, he employed a system that worked. It obviously fit with the the players. They did already have the torts defensive mind sort of drilled into them of blocking shots. So that, that, that part of coaching was done. Then Lane Video could come in, be a quote-unquote player's coach, right? Say, okay, guys, we're going to play the new style of hockey. We're reluctant and loaded that we can go. I've made a Stanley Cup run before. We can do this. They did it against the Kings, very surprisingly. They made the comeback against Pittsburgh, very surprisingly. 
They were one game away from going to the Stanley Cup against the Chicago Blackhawks, and who knows what happens there. And I don't know what I could really criticize Elaine Vigneault for those two years. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think we didn't have a podcast during those two years. We did not. At the same time, without those two years, we probably never have a podcast. That's also true. And I think that's important. I I said this in my um, my summary piece that I posted on Sunday about the Elaine Vigneault era. And it is important to keep in mind, I don't think the Rangers could have had a more perfect coach for his first two years in New York. Everything he was doing worked for that roster at that time. It was a very specific marriage that the Rangers benefited greatly from. There were obviously cracks in the armor during those two years, hence why the Rangers didn't win a Stanley Cup. It wasn't perfect, but it was as close to optimal 100 percentile outcome that the Rangers could have hoped for for those two seasons. The problem was the league caught up to Elaine Vigneault. The league made an adjustment. The game changed, and Elaine Vigneault didn't. Elaine Vigneault stood fast, and the Rangers on the fly were making changes to keep up with the NHL, but Elaine Vigneault uh, kept a system in place that prohibited the players from playing to their optimal outcomes. And that's when you have to make a change. Right. And there I, are times I, I when... wanted to give Elaine Vigneault some credit because we've spent a lot of time in this podcast shitting on that guy. And the if, first two years, it's really hard to complain about what he did. But you can't. If we did... had a podcast, Ryan, we would have been complimenting him and been his biggest supporters those first two years. Thing, I truly believe that. I really do too. But then after, after that year, you it, in this world in general, not just hockey, all sports – and you can, you can use other examples of this, like the Eagles this year, and even in like the tech world, and, and all even, even work, just your basic everyday work. If you do not adapt, if you do not change, if you do not advance and get better every day, you will lose. That is it. A- a- after that, we, the Rangers just stopped doing it. We're like, okay, we have our team. This is it. And we never improved from there at all. Some of that's on Sather. And the GMs getting rid of Strawman and some other questionable moves, but then not really changing our strategy. I mean, the players, it, and this is a dumb sports trope. It was very obvious the players weren't reacting to Elaine Vigneault. Like, was there ever a time where you were where you the Rangers lost and you were like, "Shit, I gotta watch Elaine Vigneault's press conference because I gotta see what he's got to say." He never had anything to say. No, but if he never had but, anything to say. Uh, perfect, perfect transition example. Torts. Would you watch a Torts post game? Yeah. Torts would always have something to say. Yes. You know what? I love John Tortorella just because he's entertaining. And as a sports fan, that's really what you want. I was not at a point when he got fired saying, oh, that's, I wish the Rangers didn't do that. I understood the Rangers needed to make a move because again, they weren't playing up to their optimal outcomes. When that's not happening, you have to change something. And it's a lot easier to change your coaching staff than it is to change a roster that you've spent years building especially if it's your if you're Jeff Gordon you have a goal for these players that you've acquired time after time after time it's that goal is still obtainable to Jeff Gordon even though it is changing by the second this offseason but he knows that Elaine Vino is not helping him anymore reach his goal and once that becomes abundantly clear you have to make a change perfect example I let's make a basketball analogy sure. Phil Jackson won 11 rings yes. with the Bulls and the Lakers instituting the triangle offense. Now, yes, 
He had the perfect players for those triangle offense. He had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Scottie Pippen, Shaquille O'Neal. Those teams probably win titles in any system. No matter what they're doing. Phil implemented a system that perfectly suited all of their needs and incorporated the lesser players outside of those two superstars on each team. And brought in a philosophy of Zen and a culture that was not there before. Sure. That's important. But then Phil Jackson decided his system was never going to change. And he tried to bring that system into the new age of basketball, where the game is vastly different than where it was from even 2005. And the Knicks went from one of the teams that shot the most threes possible, which was the trend that the NBA was going towards, to running the triangle in 2016 and 17. And it it, it not only didn't work, it failed spectacularly. And Phil Jackson... Is on is in the pantheon of all time great NBA coaches. Top five, easy. It's just he was so bad because he refused to adjust that the thought of Phil Jackson is now tainted. Oh, it is. And yeah, if absolutely. it can happen, if it can happen to the greatest who refused to change, it can happen to any coach. And Elaine Vino simply put, refused to change. And when you refuse to change, the team has to make a change, and that change involves a coaching decision to be removed from the bench. The reason Elaine Vigneault is not here, there are multitudes of reasons. It's bullshit anytime someone says player development didn't take a factor into it. Of course it did. No, if he was Greg, hold on, no, hold on, Greg. Here. You know, it was just time. It's so stupid. What, I hate, a, and it, oh, it's what just, a crazy I, response. Just so stupid. <laughs> like, I get it, man. He probably has a beautiful penis and you're going to miss sucking it, but that doesn't mean that's the truth. You can talk yourself into anything. All right. Stockholm syndrome. You can talk yourself into anything. Elaine Vigneault's time expired, not because five years is a long time. Elaine Vigneault's time expired because the game has passed him by and the roster the Rangers have constructed does not fit his system. And instead of Elaine Vigneault trying to change, the Rangers decided to make the change for him. And that's not that hard to comprehend. I don't understand. No. No, it is super simple. It's fine to make mistakes. We're all, no one's perfect. We're all Nobody's human perfect, at the end of the day. Even Mickey Calloway lost a game. Yeah, like, he's lost one perfect. game, guys. Like, the Mets are going to go 161-1, and one, and that'll be okay. They're on pace. I'm, that's uh, all I'm yeah, saying. We cannot get into this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Alevino did a fine job his first two years and just slowed yeah. down, didn't adjust, and that was it. And I yeah. one thing that else that bothered me, and this is because this, this is our farewell podcast, Alevino. If you're thinking, shit, what are you guys going to talk about from here on out? We don't know. Um, the culture of the Rangers, I never had a feel for it. I never knew what the identity of this team was with Elaine Vigneault. You know, Jeff Gordon came out today and said this team lacked toughness. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but the culture didn't say that. I, here's the toughness is a, it's a, it's a, such a a weird trope. It's a catch word. Yeah. It's a buzzword. Um, When people hear toughness and grit, they think, Tanner Glass, they think Brandon Crust, yes. Derek Dorsett, Cody McLeod. But what like, they mean the is the ability to come back and fight through adversity. Yeah, they they mean yeah exactly exactly that. I got you. He, he meant he when he says the Rangers need more toughness. What he meant is if the Rangers are down two goals, they can't just roll over. Yeah, and I think that <laughs> what he meant was if the Rangers let up a goal in the first sixty seconds, like they're bound to do, they can't just roll over. Right. They they have to. He's saying that the Rangers. 
weren't able to stop the bleeding when they should have been able to stop the bleeding last time. Now, there is a portion of that that once again goes back to coaching because if your system is not putting the players in the proper position to make plays, it's going to be harder for them to fight back. But when Gorton says those comments, he's not saying that they're going to go out and trade for Andrew Shaw or bring on a guy that is there to fight like Zach Ronaldo. They're not going to make those type of moves. He's saying this team needs to chin up when the going gets tough. And he's probably right. As, as many nice things as we can say about all the young talent on this roster, there were times where the Rangers would fall behind by two, three goals, and you knew the game was over. You knew it was over. They weren't fighting back. There was no real – I think there was one game this year where we had a, a great comeback, but I can remember at least six or seven from the previous years off the top of my head. Like a Tuesday night against Minnesota, we were down five and ended up winning. Like – just games that we fought and clawed our way back into. Yeah, and in order to fix that, it'll help if the Rangers bring in players outside the organization that are exceptionally talented, and we're about to talk about one of them. Mm -hmm, We are. But it's also just personal growth. The Rangers can add more toughness by the players just growing as individuals. Mika Zibanejad could just become more of a leader in the locker room and on the ice from one year to the other. I'm not saying that he's the guy that lacked toughness or anything like that. Right. When I, I'm just literally throwing out a name saying this guy can become a leader. I, on I, the and ice. I think you'll see, you'll see Chris Kreider take that leader role. I really think you will. I do. I do. I, the more I think on it, the more I think, um, I think Kreider might be the favorite to get the C. And I would love that, as you know, because I'm a Kreider fanboy and he's been my boyfriend since we started this podcast. Sure has. Uh, but you can kind of tell through the end of the season, like he, he, he had that look in his eyes, like shit, you know, I've kind of always been that explosive player that can turn it on and off, but all those guys that I used to look up to and were like my idols or not my idols, but people I really respected are now gone. And now it's me. And I look around and I go, other than Hank, whose team is this? I think Kreider understood that there's an opportunity for him to have his voice heard more clearly in the locker room for the reasons you just stated. Um, There was a void after the Rick Nash trade and the Ryan McDonough trade for someone to step up and take, take on some more leadership. Uh, Zuccarello definitely did. Absolutely. I think Kreider did as well. Absolutely. And we're going to talk a lot about the Zuccarello as the draft looms closer and closer. I think we're going to talk a lot about Zuccarello today. Well, let's, let's transfer into that right now. Other than the news of Elaine Yo being fired, there was a report that came out that said Ilya Kovalchuk, Russian superstar, former Devil great, would like to come back to the NHL and play two to three years. And then a, another report said the deal with the Rangers will be two to three years. Am I correct I, in that? Actually, before we move away from AV, uh, I'd be remiss to say one person deserves a little bit of a shout out. I'm not going to name names. He's just going to be known as a source. But he messaged both of us um, the day before the Philly game mm-hmm. saying before the end of the day on Saturday, Elaine Vigneault was going to be fired and that he had heard that from somebody in the know. So credit where credit is due. We're, we're getting a lot of weird, not weird, but a lot of unknown sources now. Now, I don't know how much is real or fake for us, but we get a lot of messages that are like, hey, I know this. Yeah, we're not we're not ever going to be the guys that all of a sudden pop up on your timeline and say sources within a rumor. I'm going to do it. Um, and I'm going to lie about every single one. So <laughs> that's why we're that, that's why we're not going to do it. But I, it credit where credit is due. Um, someone slid into our mentions and said, 
hey, this is probably going to happen. And then... And and they were right, but they again, were right. is it really that far-fetched of a thought to... Right, and that's... Fired? Right. It, it, the thing that surprised me was it did happen on Saturday. And I guess credit where credit is. I thought it would... I thought we'd be talking about it for the first time today. Okay, that's fair. Ilya Kovalchuk. Yes. Russian KHL player, St. Petersburg, plays with our our future goalie, Shush Chirukin. And uh, that's how and, I'll pronounce and, and Igor Rykov. Rykov, don't forget him. I will not. And uh, they could be coming over. The report is that Kovalchuk will be signing, possibly, or... The report is actually that he'll sign with the Rangers for two to two it for a two to sorry I just lost the ability to English because I'm speaking Russian in my head mm-hmm. for two to three years. Uh, this is something we've talked about for five months now. Endlessly, I've we've been saying Kovalchuk was in in inevitability more so than a rumor, um, and I've been calling for the Mother Russia line for since the trade deadline, I think. Um, Bob McKenzie also said on the radio today that he would expect it to be a two-year deal. Uh, we believe there was another Russian report out there saying that it's going to be about a six million annual salary cap hit. Um, what do you want to? What do we? What do we want to cover here first? We want to talk about what it means for the Rangers' quote-unquote rebuild. What it means for the cap situation. Talk, I guess it's all the same. It's all the same. Um, let's talk about Kovalchuk, the player, first. I think that's yeah. that's, that's a little more interesting. That's fair. Um, Kovalchuk is 34 years old. Coming he will off, of, be, he'll be 35 next week. He is coming over from the KHL and inferior league. Now, did but he, at the same time, it's the clear number two league. I don't. I, I of of the international leagues, I think the KHL is the closest you'll get to the NHL product. Absolutely. Uh, now, he's not the spring chicken he used to be, as mentioned by saying he's 35. But the man can still play hockey. The man can still put goals in the uh, pucks in the back of the net. And I think that's something, regardless of how you feel about how this Rangers team was constructed, this team has lacked a pure goal scorer for a while. Um, ever since Rick Nash's 40-plus goal season, when he started to transition into a three-zone player, uh, this team, when you needed a goal, didn't really have a guy you can pinpoint saying, you, you're down a goal, you need one late. If you put him on the ice you're giving yourself a really good chance to get one. I don't think the Rangers haven't really had that in the purest sense of the form, probably since Marion Gabrick. He's, yeah, he's, an, he's an elite goal scorer. And if you put him with playmakers, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, on, <laughs> on either the second line or like you put him in a top six role and on your number one power play, the guy can still snipe. He's not the fastest skater that he used to be uh, when he was in his prime with the Devils and the Thrashers, but the guy can still snipe. We saw it in the Olympics. We've seen it all year in the KHL. He's notched 63 goals in the last two years total. He can score. He can score at will. And I I would be a little disappointed if he didn't come close to the 30-goal mark with the New York Rangers next year. I'd be surprised. As long as he's utilized properly. Which that, That's a big caveat. Which we'll, we'll get to talking about the coaches. I guess we'll just mention this now. We're going to have all summer to talk about the potential coaches for this New York Ranger team. We like Sheldon Keefe. There's been no... Doubts about that from our side. They Jeff Gordon has already said there's no Mark Messier. They're going to go a different way there. So that's that's cleared up, totally gone. Uh, but wait for the future for us to talk about coaching because it's too soon right now. We're just not sure. And we'll bring on people who know more about the coaches than us. You don't. We can say we like Sheldon Keefe. I would love to bring a Marley's writer on to tell me why I should actually like Sheldon Keefe. So we're going to try and 
work on that for you guys. We have, I'm not expecting a coach to be in place. Sheldon Keith might not even be interviewed before June. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, we're going to have at least six, seven weeks to talk about who the next Rangers head coach is. Absolutely. Kovalchuk seems like an inevitability though. Like he's yeah, going to be Kov- here no matter Kovalchuk, what Kovalchuk, again, let, let's, let's call spades a spade. Another person slipped into our mentions saying things about Kovalchuk that make it sound like he's not just expecting to live here in New York City, but he's expecting to play for the New York Rangers. Whew. So he's coming. What does that mean for John Tavares, who might be a Ranger? I think John Tavares would absolutely love to play with uh, <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. Yeah. yeah, and the more I think about this, this let's, thing... let's, let's kind of okay. talk about that on an umbrella. Sure. The six six million dollar cap hit. I will be the first one to say my first reaction was, "Yeesh, that's that a is lot, a lot of money." That's a lot of money. Because I, I was talking to our good friend Dan LaRose yesterday as I was at the garden, uh, skating on the ice and sitting in the, land, the locker room, a little bit, little bit of brag, a little bit of brag, a little brag, and uh, everyone was celebrating Elmino's fire. Everyone was, was having a great time. Uh, and I said $4 million. I was like, Kovalchuk will probably play for us for $4 million. The report immediately comes out the next day for 6 Dan was right. And now I look like an asshole. Yeah, uh, my first reaction was, that's a lot of money. And then it, it literally took less than an hour for me to be like, this makes perfect sense, especially on a two-year deal. You, we just have to remember, the Rangers cap space is exuberant. It's $27 million projected before the Kovalchuk signing, before any proposed extension for a restricted free agent, any of that. The Rangers are entering the season before we get into contract negotiation stages with $27 million of cap space. If you bring in Kovalchuk, you're still at 21. And we've already admitted this team is not likely to re-sign every single restricted free agent they have. Um, in fact, I'd be surprised if less than two of them were traded. Yes, I, I, we, We've said it multiple times that we expect VC to be shipped out. And one um, and plus and probably Spooner or Nemesnikov. Yes, one of those two um, probably shipped out. Maybe both even. And Maybe in fact, Larry plus. Brooks was the first one to mention that the Rangers, if they're going to feel comfortable not bridge dealing anyone, but they just might let Ryan Spooner play on his um, restricted free agent tender, which would be about three point seven million dollars for one year, mm-hmm. and just ride it out with him, and then take their chance in free agency within the next year. So even if you do that, that's, I would say, at worst market value for Spooner for one year. But you're still Nemestikov probably out, VC probably out, if not Nemestikov, Spooner. Kevin Hayes, quite honestly, might get traded. If Kevin Hayes can get you a top flight defenseman, I'm all for it. I think it, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but Rangers' number one priority has to be having someone to play number one D minutes in order for this rebuild to be successful. And that guy is not currently in the system or on the roster. It could be Rasmus Dahlin if we win the uh, lottery, but I'm not banking on it. And I don't think the Rangers are either. No. Uh, so We can talk about so, that now, actually, too. I mean, our tankathon numbers have gone up. Well, let's, let's, let's finish on Kovalchuk, okay. and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so if the Rangers' goal is to get a number one caliber defenseman, in order to do that, you'll have to move a player that's currently on the roster – and in order to move a player that's currently on the roster, you need to acquire someone that can replace some of that production. And that's Ilya Kovalchuk. If the Rangers, the Rangers, I think now more than ever, are going to not just dangle, but trade Matt Zuccarello. I, I think it's becoming clear because I think Zuccarello can be included in a deal for someone like Dougie Hamilton, someone like Oscar Kleffbaum. He can get sexy names in return because he's still 
Matt Zuccarello. He's still an ideal top six winger. He's still someone that if you put him, man, if you put him next to Connor McDavid, he could get 60 assists in his sleep playing next to Connor McDavid. Speaking of which, Connor McDavid had an incredible season and his team didn't make the playoffs. How sad is that? Uh, it's pretty sad. Sounds like they could use Matt Zuccarello. So <laughs> if if you're going to trade Matt Zuccarello in order to improve your defense, you need to have someone that can immediately slide in and replace Matt Zuccarello's production. And that is Ilya Kovalchuk. And Kovalchuk is going to give you more goals than Zuccarello did. And Zuccarello has been this team's leading scorer for the last two years. But I, I don't think he's – has he eclipsed 60 points once? Mm, I don't think so. I think one time. I don't think he's done it in the last two years. No, I think he did it three years ago. I could be wrong. Either way, Kovalchuk is going to bring you more goal scoring than Matt Zuccarello has, and he's going to replace his production in the top six. So by having Kovalchuk Je- and locked up this quickly, nonetheless, Jeff Gorton now has two months to shop Matt Zuccarello and get the best deal possible for him. He's already created his own safety net that allows him to negotiate at his full peak, he can be as aggressive as he wants or as passive with Zuccarello as he wants. Because again, while I think this frees up the Rangers to trade Matt Zuccarello, and I am now in a position where I'll say I'd be surprised if Matt Zuccarello is a New York Ranger on opening night, this also isn't the kiss of death for Zuc. Zuc could easily have a role on this team with Kovalchuk. I just think by putting someone like Kovalchuk on this roster – you're giving yourself more options to improve this team's defense. And that has to really be the Rangers' number one priority. Agree totally. Uh, Zuccarello had 61 points in 2015-16 season. So there you go. I was right. Um, Brag. Zuccarello, phenomenal player. I, this is by no means a besmirch of Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, this, the, the day he gets traded will be one of the saddest days in the past five years of Rangers now. Easily. It, it, it will. But at the same time, if you bring $6 million onto this roster – and you're going to trade for a top-pairing defenseman, which means that contract is going to be in the $7 million range, Matt Zuccarello's 4.5 can fit pretty nicely on that other team's roster. They can shave some space out of the salary cap. The Rangers have $21 million to play with. They got a lot of room. They really only have $11 million to play with, though, when you consider it, because you got to account for $10 million to Tavares that were given out. Yeah, of course. The $10 million, we've got to talk about that. Seven so, years, $10 million. So the Rangers have about $11 million in true cap space that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk can easily, I, easily is not the word I want to use. Kovalchuk is a fair top six replacement for Matt Zuccarello. Fair. Very fair. And, you you the, could maybe and, make the case easily. And the one and the one aspect we haven't talked about with Kovalchuk, that guy is a force in the locker room. He is a vocal leader. And he is whatever Ranger fans feel about Martin Brodeur. Called him his favorite teammate ever. Ever. And that man played on a lot of successful teams. There's a there's a knock on Kovalchuk because he walked away from that devil's contract to go back to play in Russia. But I don't think that had anything to do with the guys in that locker room and a lot to do with Lou Lamorello. And if Lou Lamorello wasn't the guy in New Jersey, that's it's a what if if Kovalchuk ever goes back to Russia. He might have. I mean, Yager did it. Russia, I, I can't knock a guy for wanting to play at home. Yeah, well, I, how can I, I, I do see nothing wrong with that. Um, but if Kovalchuk is serious about coming back to the NHL and is serious about playing for the Rangers – 
That is a guy I want someone like Pavel Buchnevich just shadowing 24-7, learning everything from him, sitting with him on the team plane, eating with him during team meals, playing with him at all times on the ice. That's the guy I want Pavel Buchnevich playing with because Buchnevich is – it would be a dream if Pavel Buchnevich even became 85% of the player Kovalchuk was in his prime. Relax, 50%. Like, that's – I, I'm saying the dream. I'm allowed the, to the, dream. The dream is the dream is like seventy. Yeah, Kovalchuk is like was at that time a top three player in the league easily. Yeah, yeah. If if Pavel Buchnevich becomes a slice of what Ilya Kovalchuk was, phenomenal. And the only the best way to try and get Pavel Buchnevich to that level, have him play with Kovalchuk. That's it. Let's do some five-star questions. We're going to get to both interviews for the day. Today we have Alexa Gershow. She is the scoring points leader. On the NWHL. Uh, scoring, oh. scoring champion. Scoring champion. Because the season is over. Isabel and Isabel Cup champion. Isabel Cup champion. And, then we're, and we're not saying we're 100% responsible for it, but we're we are not saying, not saying she it. wasn't the scoring champ or Isabel Cup champion until won. after she appeared on the podcast. Right. So we touched with her base with her for about 10, 12 minutes, something like that. And then we're going to talk to a hockey stat miner who is a great follow on Twitter, does a lot of analytics with the Rangers. Not for uh, the Rangers, just about them. The And we should mention, we've been talking about this $27 million in cap space. That goes down to 21. That goes down to 11. That's Hockey Stat Miner pulling all those numbers together, putting that information out there for people. He is a workhorse on Twitter. And uh, if you're not following him, I have no idea what you're doing because yeah, you're, you're, you're following us. We're not you that smart. We sound smart because of Hockey Stat Miner. Yeah, well, we don't sound smart. Um, we pretend to be smart because of hockey stat line. We pretend to be smart because of him. Three questions today. Three separate five-star questions. This will be the last week. This following week, you're listening to this podcast. You have one more week to do five-star questions. And then we're moving on to some other gig. Well, do I know what that gig is? Absolutely not. But here we go. Question, this person says. Their name is Music Lover. Or it's Music Clover because it has two Cs. So Music Clover. What's wrong with Hank? Um, I think what was wrong with Hank was this. That's not the full question, but we'll start with we'll start with the first one. What, sure. what was wrong with Hank? I'm not sure anything was wrong with Hank, other than he realized what was happening this season. He came to terms exactly what was going on around him. The team was wanting to tank, wanting to lose, and if I had to take a guess, I I think he might have not enjoyed a late video's company way too much. I don't think he did, and he may or may not have popped some champagne after he was fired. That's all I'm saying. I again, birdies just telling us things and stuff. Um, I think what you saw this year was what would happen to an elite goaltender, a top five goaltender in league history, if you took away his entire defense and made him play defense by himself. I should probably finish reading this question. Obviously, we have all embraced the tank, but he hasn't looked like himself all season. Is he hurt? And we don't know. Is it his age? Is he on the way out? Love the show, guys. Thanks. Uh, I will, I, first of all, thank you for not just rating us, but dropping us a line. That's always fun. Um, I'm not, I, I don't, I, Hank had one of his most complete seasons as a New York Ranger. The only reason why the Rangers were in the playoff race as long as they were was because, was of, him. because of Henrik Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. He, you could say, you could, I, I think some people look at the, um, the goals allowed and they see Hank in goal and the Rangers have given up three or four. And they forget that he's faced 45 shots on that night. So allowing three goals when you see 45 shots, that's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. 
that's 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 a good night at the office. It's like if a Brodor, starting pitcher, Brodor, if a, a, starting, stick, a hard night if, for Brodor in his prime was like twenty-two shots. If a starting pitcher goes twelve innings and gives up three runs, would you really look after the twelve innings and be like, "Oh, I can't believe three? That's a lot of runs." <laughs> like, like you were. That's not what you would say. That that's not where your mind should go. And I think Ranger fans, they'd see the goals allowed. And they'd see the number in three or the four range, and they'd be like, oh, Hank's having a hard year. Oh, Hank just faced the most shots in his NHL career that he's ever faced before. The fact that he wasn't allowing six goals a night with the defense playing in front of him, a fucking miracle. Yeah, truly. Truly a miracle. Let's go to the next question. This question is from MGBRC15. says, keep it up, guys. Easily the best Rangers podcast out there. I lied about that being a question. Oh, well, um, thanks so much. Best Ranger podcast out there. I, I don't know. There's really not a lot of competition. Uh, ah, Garden, Garden Faithful, more like I'm not friends with those guys. Um, more like stabbing the back, more yeah. like Garden Unfaithful, more like post on Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> we Tuesdays, guys. Could it be more? It's our this? day, man. We're, Jesus. we're consistently on Tuesdays every week. <laughs> That's our day. Stop trying to encroach on our day. Post on Mondays if you want it. We're we giving do. you an entire day. We do love those guys. Um, I don't this, know about the Blue Shirt Underground guy. No, I don't know. He's, I, the, he's, Garden, he's, Garden Faithful, they're okay. He's kind of crotchety. All right. Uh, and I guess Joe Fortinato can also could join a hug with us. Yeah, post again on Tuesday. <laughs> inside nice. inside hey, drama you, that no one cares about. Hey, can you guys help me with my podcast? Yeah, where, just, hey, Ryan, I just want to let you know. Can you talk to me like I'm three years old and help me edit? Because I don't know how. Um... Wow, you made that sound a lot worse than yeah, actually. I came did, out. yeah. I was being really. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should check yourself right, before check. you I'll, actually I'll, start I'll, a beef. That you right, I don't want to start with Joe. Joe nicely asked me if I could help him edit, and I said yes, I will help you. And then he says he's going to post on Tuesday, and I said don't help him. Yes, and I said I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and, and, and we're going to end up helping him. Yes, we will. Maybe if I'm feeling up to it. Uh, as long as he, uh, as long as he enough, says enough, the name of enough podcast Rangers podcast drama. Yeah, he'll okay. never say it. I went on. He didn't say it. Blue Shirt Banter, brought to you by Blue Shirts Breakaway. That's all I want. That's it, one time? I'll donate a dollar a month in order to get that. Absolutely. He'll, po- he'll post his Patreon on our Twitter. I uh, feel bad every time he does. Yeah, it looks, like, looks bad for him. we got to stop. All right, last, <laughs> last question. Joe, Joe, I love you, and I do want uh, – Joe will be on this podcast this summer. Absolutely, sure. he will. Uh, we might as be on his, probably not. All right, great New York Rangers podcast, five stars by Doughboy9000. Who's a guy that we, we frequently interact with on Twitter? By we, I mean you. Two Hashtag questions. Who would you like as the new head coach? We talked about this briefly. Sheldon Keefe is our front runner, but only because smart people told us so. Yes. Uh, we, again, our goal this summer is to bring people on that know more about Sheldon Keefe than we do so that we can make you all Keefe disciples. But yeah, we're, we're Keefe boys. I want to go full Keefe. Um, he said, especially guys who aren't currently coaching. I mean, ah. Well, coaching, I guess he meant coaching in the NHL. Yeah. Um, Jim Montgomery, I think, is another name that's going to be out there quite a bit. Okay. He's the coach at Denver uh, in college hockey. Sure. He also asks, can Greg and I do a podcast of just the two of us arguing about stuff? What are we going to argue about, though? I we need could to just, know. We could just pick opposite sides to an issue and argue about it. I love hearing him get worked up, and it would compliment my style immensely. Thanks, Uh-oh. and keep up the good work. I just want to let everyone know I'm retiring soon, and Doughboy will take my spot because <laughs> I am done with this bullshit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. If uh, – you look, man. We do personalized podcasts. This is a great time for a plug. If you become yeah. a Patreon member, there is a way you could do this. We are going to try and 
bang another one out this week of a personalized podcast where we, we do. Don't, we don't even try to. We're scheduled to do it on Thursday. Oh shit, are we? Yeah. Great. <laughs> did you did you say that to me? Because I didn't read it. You asked me to schedule it on Thursday. Oh man. Those were your words. You said, hey man, we gotta do one. Let's do one Thursday. I was like, all right, we'll do one Thursday. Well, if we're doing one on Thursday, and you could be next, oh boy. Become a Patreon subscriber today. Uh, those are our five star questions. You have one week left to get five star questions in. Uno mas. Uno mas. And we might be doing something fun. We'll look at our Twitter. Uh, I believe somebody in our in our Patreon or is setting up a bracket for the NHL playoffs. So maybe we can advertise that on our Twitter. Do you just not know how to say George Obremsky's name that you're not going to? Like oh. you've just given up doing I, it? I, didn't I try and say it on Saturday? You, well, you said, you said George and you didn't know his last name and I, I was just, here for the same. It's like I can't pronounce things. You know how it is. Yeah. No, George is taking control of that. Um, I, I believe it's called BSB Discord. I... It, it's a on, lot of it's our Discord members will be in it. Yes. And it'll be there for you. Um, it'll be talked about a lot before Wednesday in the Discord. So we'll figure that out, and we'll post it on Twitter. So follow that. And uh, let's go over to our two interviews. Let's first start with Alexa, a little bit of hockey stat minor. Transition. And we're back with our first guest of the day, Alexa Gershaw. You are a recurring guest on the Boosters Breakaway and the official player of the Boosters Breakaway. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back on. Uh, last time you talked to us, you weren't the scoring. You didn't have the scoring title in your league, and now you do. Uh, is there any correlation? <laughs> uh, maybe I got some uh, good feedback from you guys on that. We, we told you to play harder, um, so I'm glad you took our recommendation. Yeah, I guess I'll have to give you guys some credit. <laughs> um, yeah, I was able. I was able to capture that, so I'm definitely honored to be granted that title and uh, proud to hold it as well. Not just not just scoring title, but maybe the more important title, the Riveters, the Isabel champion for the season. Yes, that's another big thing. Um, yeah, that was uh, an amazing feeling, and it was an exceptional uh, group of girls who made that happen along with the coaching staff. So something that I will never forget. I, I'm just saying it's a it's a one to one correlation where you come on the podcast, you win some awards, <laughs> right? What, what what what's the next award we need uh we need to give you the bump was, for here? I was gonna say I don't know what could be the next best thing. I don't know. I have to think about that. My next question was actually big. What's your next conquest? Because you have those two under your belt now. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've I've set that yet. I think I'm still kind of um soaking it all in. What just occurred? Just still relishing in it. That's totally understandable. I did read an article today that you're going to grad school at the moment. I'm assuming that's also uh, destroying your personal life. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll be, I'm currently in grad school. This is my first semester and um, this spring semester will go until the first week of May. So only about a month left. Fun fact, I'm also in the food science field. So enjoy, oh, really? enjoy that. Oh, yes. Very interesting. I do food safety software for a living. Thank you so much. Um, oh, wow. I'm in I'm in a food safety class right now. We could literally nerd out, but no one would care. I'd be like, what's your HACCP protocol like? What's the FQF level? Um, but <laughs> let's not get yeah, into that. Yeah, I think we could talk about that on another time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely, Alexa, definitely be interesting. Alexa, I am curious, though, because I think not just the league as a whole and you had, uh, personally, everyone got a very big bump, but I'm, I'm sure hockey fans aren't 100% sure what the offseason is like for someone like you or your teammates or anyone in the NWHL, what, 
what is on your to-do list this offseason, either from a hockey perspective or a personal perspective? Because the old adage in golf is, well, you didn't make playoffs, you're going to go play some golf. Um, <laughs> so I, I, what, what's your to-do list this summer in order either to prepare for the upcoming season or just, just to be Alexa a little bit? Yeah, a little bit of both. So um, I'll take off um, from hockey for a little bit. And um, once I feel ready and feel like I want to get back into it, then I will. I'll start that off-season training and skating and all that good stuff to get ready for the season. Um, in the meantime, like we said, I'll be finishing up school for this semester and then um, trying to pick up an internship or a job in that food industry for uh, this coming summer. Well, Ryan might be hiring. I, I will, <laughs> we'll stay in touch. I might know people in the industry. I do. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say maybe some hookups. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so other than, like we said, we've, you've, won, you've won the scoring title. Now you're with the Riveters. When does your Riveter contract officially end? Or are they going to re... Because you were like kind of a walk-on, right? Am I wrong in saying that? Uh, yeah, no, I had to, I had to try out uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So I was not originally drafted. I had to go to tryouts. And then I was offered a contract um, for this past year. I was just invited back and offered my contract and they're just a they're just one-year contracts so um in order to play again next year you will have to be re-signed mm-hmm. so what did you find that out you were already um well i have a pretty good idea that i will be but well is that because you're the, the scoring official- title <laughs> <laughs> yeah may- maybe maybe i'm useful um the uh official um signing period i i'm trying to remember i think last year it may have began sometime in may um so yeah probably just like a mo- i would say probably a month or so after the season ends then then they get back into signing people i alexa correct me if i'm wrong the women's game has kind of enjoyed a bit of a revolution the last couple of months and mm-hmm. part part of that is because of just the great success the u.s national team had in the mm-hmm. olympics but part of it is because the NWHL is just becoming such a, I guess the word, I, I don't know of a better word to say than just a fun league. It's a fun watch and mm-hmm. it's finally drawing mm-hmm. numbers. What, what do you think credits just how strong the women's game seems at this time? It definitely feels, there's always been a bit of a bump uh, from a, like a post-Olympic high, but something mm-hmm. about this bump feels more sustainable. Have you been seeing that as well? Yes, I think so. I think um, it's huge that the women won gold, and I think yes, it'll it'll carry on for a longer period of time. Just then, you know, that immediate high right after the right after the Olympics ends. I think um, when the women um, fought for equal rights um, before their um, one tournament they were able to win so that was a huge step in the right direction and then I think carrying that into the Olympics and then winning the Olympics it's just they just keep accelerating forward and I don't think there should be anything that will be slowing just the women's hockey movement down Um, along with our league we just keep going up and up and every step is a step in the right direction and we're growing, we're becoming bigger and better. And I just think 
women's the whole world of women's hockey is just going to keep building off each other and like I said I don't think anything's going to be stopping us and it's just going to keep getting better from here for sure and the Isabel the Isabel final from that it was it was great that it was live stream first of all and then second Mm -hmm. the crowd physically inside the building was dollar for donuts as good as any, (laughs) any playoff crowd I've ever seen Oh yeah, it was it was packed and that made a world of a a difference to us on the bench. I mean, the crowd was a part directly a part of the Riveters team that game. I mean, they always are, but especially that game it, it was just electrifying inside that arena and I think it really it really did propel us in that winning direction when we were able to do it um with the crowd standing behind us. Now that you've won the title, we talked about your conquests that you no longer have any of because you've done them all. What part of your game would you be looking to improve in the off season? Um, if let's any. See. <laughs> I mean, there's always there's always things to work on. Um, I know my first year I did get highlighted for my face off, so um, coming into last year, I wanted to keep that stat up. And then this year I was being uh, recognized for my points and goals and things like that. So obviously I want to keep that up. I think just, um, I mean, every, every part of my game I'm always working on, whether it's on ice skills or um, how to, how to be a better teammate or uh, what to expect out there on the ice. Um, I mean, always stuff to work on um, the skills, but also the, the mental aspect of the game. Now, I know you said before we started recording, and you've, you said it on previous podcasts that we've had you on as well, you're a big Chicago Blackhawks fan. So we yeah. are both out of the playoffs. Uh, yes, we are. What, yeah. do, what do we do? What, 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 do, we, what do we worry about this, uh, this, this postseason in the NHL? Uh, I don't know. I was, I was, when I um, found out that the Hawks were definitely out, I was like, oh, geez, I don't even want to watch playoff hockey anymore. I'm like, it's not even worth it. But um, I'll just have to find maybe a second favorite team or something and follow them, root for them. Like the Lightning. Right. Good job. <laughs> They're mostly, <laughs> it's mostly the Rangers. Uh, Alexa, my follow-up question is, how will you live knowing you've only won three Stanley Cups in the past, like, seven years? <laughs> I think I'll survive. You sure you're going to be okay? Because, you know. There's always next year. You could, like. Give one to us. It would be fine. A, a, a couple Stanley Cups and an Isabel Cup. I think I'm set. Yeah, you think you're going to be all right? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say you're doing well. And you, you mentioned no coaching interest in the Rangers opening. <laughs> How about a player position? Yeah. You, uh, we'll, we'll, we, we can use as much talent as we can get. You right might now. fit on the <laughs> roster. You might actually be able to. You, know, you could probably kill it in the Blackhawks. Top, top two line. I don't see why not, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah definitely all right alexa thanks for coming back on i really appreciate it um we've co- we've covered your aspects your game and the isabella trophy uh i hope you don't get taken away from the riveters and get a giant contract from someone else i do hope that happens i hope you get as much as possible um but i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate you coming back on and hopefully we'll see you again in the future all right thank you guys so much for having me again no problem do you want to plug your twitter before you get out of here uh yes yeah, sure it's it's just my name so at Alexa, A-L-E-X-A, Grushow, G-R-U-S-C-H-O-W. All right, Alexa, thanks so much. And you can follow Alexa and the Riveters if she's still on the team next year. 
She might be on another one of the teams. We don't know. We're going to find out for agency, but she'll probably be a Riveter because she's a scoring cha champion. And you can follow her <laughs> next year, live streaming, and the league is growing. And please give her a follow. Thanks, Alexa. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks, you too. We're back with our favorite Twitter follow, Hockey Statminer. You can f currently find him drinking a beer on the porch. Hockey Statminer, say hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy. Listen, this is our first time ever talking to you. We've kind of been interacting with I you know. on Twitter like eight, nine months now? Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I didn't know you guys really existed. Mm. So it's nice to like find that out now. No, yeah, yeah we're, we're real people. Do, do we, though? I mean, when you really think about it, do we? Are we really uh, – this is – let's get philosophical here. Are we deep fakes uh, from the deep state? Ooh. You know what I'm talking about? I'm a uh, – I don't know about, about you guys. I'm about six years deep, so you got to, like, <laughs> count down from me a little bit. I don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm a paid crisis actor. Yeah, and, me uh, too. I'm just here to infiltrate Ranger Twitter a little bit. That's it. I just want to make people <laughs> angry and get them inflamed and then yell at teenagers. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Uh, Hockey Stat, it's a pleasure to have you on. We're here to talk a little bit of Rangers, six beer deep. With the Kovalchuk news coming out, what was your immediate take? Um, my immediate take was, uh, well, I think I think Zook might be going, guys. Like, it, it pains me to say it, but that, like my first immediate thought was like, well, Zook's you know, Zook's fodder for trading up now because uh, you kind of have that replaced like. I, it's almost like a replacement for Zook, you know? Man, it's like you listen to the podcast, but you haven't heard it yet because we just did that <laughs> whole conversation. So, I mean, yeah, like, I, some I, other people have said, have said that, but, like, like already before Kovalchuk, it's like, who are the Rangers going to trade? And, like, Zook's, like, you know, Zook's one of the older guys. He's one year away from unrestricted free agency. So, like, it was already kind of like, well, if you had to pick someone who, like, to trade up or what have you, like, Zook was kind of, like, just, you know, by logic, like Zook was there, but you know now it's just Kovalchuk. I, that was just my first reaction. Was like, well, that's that's Zook sub now. Well, let's let's explore that a little bit, shall we? Do you think it's do you think Zook as an asset is used more properly in a trade to jump into the top five if the Rangers aren't picking there already, or would you rather package Zook a pick and a prospect for a high end defender that this team could bring in? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, moving up is interesting because, like, I think it's been, like, 10 years since someone's moved into the top five. Like, it really, historically, just has not happened in, like, like the last decade. I think Toronto in 08 was the last one to do it. They, they like, they, 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 they traded up for the Islanders' fifth for uh, Shen, I think. I think that was 10 years ago. So, trading into the top five, like, I, I know everyone's talking about trading up and, like, it really, you know, it really depends every year. Different, different teams, different different guys to draft but um yeah I, it, it could it could be mean it could be like just taking this elite first rounder adding something nice to it and getting and moving up um you know to the top 15 or something like that um but even, you know no matter what they do like uh trading zoop makes a lot of sense as much as it pains me to say it which it does it's going to be a painful day were you surprised that the islanders willingly beat us <laughs> uh, no, because being a Rangers fan the last few years, it's almost like, okay, we're playing the Islanders, time for time for some pain. Yeah, well, I'm uh -huh. glad they did because they increased their chances by 8% to become a, we're now at 19% to get in the top three. Uh, I don't hate those odds, almost one in five, but I was surprised that the Oilers and Islanders went out and decided, we don't really care, we'll have a pick or two later. 
Yeah, no, like, I guess they followed me on Twitter because that's exactly what it, we needed to happen. Um, if Chicago won on Saturday, that that would have been like the trifecta, but can't win them all. No, they knew better. Come yeah, on. no, we have, <laughs> we have, so we have the, so we have like the same chance of hitting, of getting into the top three that Buffalo has of getting the number one. Right. So like, relatively speaking, you know, I don't hate it. I really don't. It's, it's a pretty nice spot to be in. Hey, you mentioned Edmonton. Um, how do we drug them to get Clefbaum off that roster? <laughs> oh man, that'd be so nice, wouldn't it? Would. Um, Would you think they do VC straight up? They might. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, what, what, what would you get up for Clefbaum? In my head, um, <laughs> I, I, I think. It, well, Zuccarello has to be involved in that deal in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think one of your first round picks has to be involved some way, shape, or form. I, I think Hayek probably involved, and maybe even VC. It, it sounds like a lot, but that's uh, a lot. That, that's a that's a top pairing defenseman who's very young. Yeah, I mean that that that's like something to like look after. Where it's like I guess the big question is like like there's Kovalchuk and all that, but like as far as just in like in general, or whatever. Um, the stable of forwards is like okay, you know what I mean. Like, like after the deadline, like they scored more than <laughs> they did before. Um, you know, you almost have like an embarrassment of riches as far as like the center position. So, if they're going to do something dynamic, like really, really dynamic, it's going to be something with defense. You like, you just have to think that, right? That's where my head goes. It's the cl- yeah. It's been the clearest weakness on this team before they brought in Kevin Shattenkirk, and yeah, some guy named Ryan McDonough isn't here anymore. And also some guy named exactly. Colden. We lost our entire first pair. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do something. If this team wants to be competitive at some point in time, you either have to get lucky in the draft with the defenseman, or you have to go out and acquire a known, a known asset. And I think, I, I, I think the trade market for the Rangers will be interesting. For example, while we're talking about this, would you move Kevin Hayes in a Dougie Hamilton trade? worth pondering um this is like the thing is like there's all these things you can do with defense but i like i guess like the one thing is some people thought maybe kovalchuk like kind of spit in the face of like what a rebuild's all about um i like i don't i don't see that with kovalchuk but if something's going to happen with like you know hamilton or carlson or whoever um are you know are you gonna are you gonna move a lot of futures for like a defenseman that's going to benefit you now because that's going to like that's going to spit in the face of, you know, quote unquote rebuild way more than, you know, signing a free agent, an old free agent to two years. So I'm interested, I'm just interested to see like what consistency there is. Um, and it's going to be dictated by the, by the defense and trade market, no doubt. But um, absolutely. Like you, you have to get an elite guy somehow if you're going to win the cup and that might be years from now, but um, uh, it, it's almost like how patient is Gordon going to be heading from this point on? Well, why don't you answer that riddle? How patient do you think he should be? Do you think this should be a rebuild that the Rangers could complete by October, or should the Rangers be looking two, three years down the road? Gosh, rebuild complete by October? Well, by that, uh, I mean the Rangers accelerate their timeline. They get the yeah, elite yeah. defense. I mean, well, I guess, like, guess Dolan would do that, right? But um, John like, Harris? I guess, I guess pre-lottery, we, we should say. Uh, 
I'm almost like I'm cool with patience. You know what I mean? Like, did we lose our boy? But oh, we came like, back. Oh, there's, there's something to say about patience. Um, like if you if you like if you like look at like you know Chicago, Pittsburgh, Boston, L.A., and like the kind of you know window of contention they they have or had, um, it's it's all from like really bad uh, multi-year like stints where you know Chicago like in the early mid 2000s um Pittsburgh mid 2000s uh LA in mid 2000 like like you know these are teams that were not making the playoffs at all and they had to go to the draft and they had to get like their top 5 guys they had to get Kane and Taves and Flurry and Dowdy and Stamkos and then you all but you also have to get lucky in the second and third rounds that's like kind of like everyone knows you need like that top guy but you know you need like Duncan Keith and Chris Letang and uh Bergeron and these guys that come in this so I'm like really like everyone wants to trade up. I'm like I'm actually like kind of cool with just having a lot of picks and maybe even trading down just to get like more quantity. Um because like if if you're going to make the most of, you know, a, a time of non-contention, um to do it in between like last summer and this summer and then you're on your way again, um like that almost requires luck, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Like I I see what you're saying with the Lightning, the Blackhawks, the Kings. But for every one of those teams, how many first overall picks do the Edmonton Oilers have to have for them to just make the playoffs? What do the Sabers have to do in order to have a consistent winning team? Like it, it when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't work, when are the Sabers going to be relevant? They have Jack Eichel and they can't come out of the basement. Yeah, but the nice thing is the Rangers like they can the Rangers can spend you know eighty million dollars a year. So whatever shortcomings they get in the draft, like they can always, uh, you know, play the game as far as they can. They can go after free agency. They can, um, they can like with Bolesky, they can absorb bad contracts for equity. Um, you know, they can do all sorts of interesting things. So with that in mind, like I'm okay with kind of the more patient rebuild, um, because like we're and like also you know the Rangers have. Made a nice little, uh, nice little habit of getting um, un- like undrafted free agents or four years after they're drafted free agent like college kids. So the Rangers like can like I think they have a benefit there as opposed to a team like you know say Buffalo or Edmonton. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a good point because you know no matter how good you do as far as you know gaining assets, um, you have to keep them and you have to like not give them away. So uh, I guess that that like is a faith of like okay, how much faith do you have in Gordon that um, he can handle, you know, like this, like top future that he that he gets this year and next year. Um, so I, I guess it comes down to that a little bit. I just, I being a Buffalo fan must be absolutely miserable. I can't see it. There's nothing to. What what is your hope right now, Jack Eichel? Uh, and you maybe you get down at the first pick. If you don't, then what? Yeah. Exactly. I feel the exactly. same way. I feel the- Buffalo is yeah. a, a really good hockey town, so I feel bad for them. They, they deserve a good team. They are, actually. It's, it, it's, a, it's an underrated sports town, honestly. It just sucks it really that is, their like, sports teams are butt. <laughs> and like, every, like I, I went to a game in Buffalo, and everyone was really, really nice. Like, and, the, and they sucked, too. And the Rangers like beat them like 5 nothing. But like everyone was really nice. I was like, man, these guys deserve a good team. Yeah, they do. Uh, I've been up there a couple like times. It snows that much in the winter anywhere. You kind of have to be nice because otherwise you'd just be miserable twenty four seven. You cease to exist. 
Uh, we didn't talk about this yet. I don't know how. When Elay Vigneault got fired, what were you doing? <laughs> uh, gosh, what was I doing? Uh, I, I, I was doing something. and Was it celebrating? You could say it. And then, and then Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was shotgunning the beer. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, no, I, I was just like, oh, wow, that was quick. Um, one thing someone pointed out was, like, the Rangers didn't post any of his, like, post-game quotes, like, on their Twitter or social media or anything. So, like, that was kind of like a hint. I, I didn't think it was going to come that fast, but it was like, it was like, oh, it's interesting that Rangers didn't, you know, do post any, like, Saturday quotes from Elaine Vigneault at all after the game. Definitely the thing nothing. that I found interesting was he didn't do a, his normal pregame scrum either. He didn't talk to the media at all before the Philadelphia game. But apparently they made the decision a week before. That's that's just GM speak. All right. Yeah. I what who benefits from who honestly, who benefits from the Rangers saying, yeah, we wanted to fire Elaine Vino in January and then just decided not to. It, that's not gonna be a good look for when you're trying to hire a new coach. Yeah, but like to fire a coach that 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 soon after the season literally ends, like it has to have been, you know, a predetermined thing. To, yeah, I mean, because like, I, how, like how long was it? It was like six hours, or yeah, it was like four like or that? five hours, and then he was gone. <laughs> so they knew. Um, I just it maybe that looks good to other coaches, being like we leave our guys on, let them finish the job, sort of deal. No, okay, yeah, like that's 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 what makes sense. Yeah, I just I. I don't know how Jeff Gordon gets any kind of benefit from saying, no, I knew I was firing him after the winter classic. I, I knew he was gone. <laughs> like nothing, but yeah. nothing benefits Jeff Gordon by saying that. No. It's, it just, it just sounds like he, for cost reasons, didn't fire him sooner. Mr. Statminer. Well, I, I, oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah. I, well, I want to ask you say, this. <laughs> okay. I, I want to cut you off, finish your statement and I'll ask you the question. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, okay, when do you think they decided to fire Vigneault? Because, like, I don't think it was like, you know, oh, we got shut out in game 82. Like, that's the last draw. Like, I don't think it was like that. No, I when, think it was months when ago. When the letter came out, they knew they were firing Elaine Vigneault. <laughs> yeah, and, and Fogarty, too. Because even at, the, even at that press conference, they were like, we haven't made a decision on Elaine Vigneault, but they kind of winked. They were like, yeah, we haven't made one. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, one rule of thumb is, like, anytime, like, GMs or coaches talk to the press, like, I just, like, almost assume that it's, like, BS, politically correct, uh, you know, like, PR, like, because, you know, they don't have any duty to, like, be super honest with you, so they're not going to say, you know, yeah, Vinya's been, like, a, a lame duck for a month. Well, it's also the Rangers. They'll, whatever they say is like that. And, yeah, that's a good point. And also, on top of that, this is the first year they haven't increased season ticket holder prices. So uh, uh, they want to keep those people very happy. So they, yeah, they want to get keep them in idea. keep them in the know because also this is the first year that you can get season tickets if you want them in the last five years. So congratulations if you want to go out and get them, you can. You can go watch the uh, Kovalchuk and his friends. Speaking of which, I do want to mention. I don't know why I think you'll know this, but I do. Is there a particular free agent outside of Kovalchuk that you were looking to target this summer if you're the if you're Jeff Gordon? And why is it John Tavares? Other than John Tavares, and we'll get to that. <laughs> um, well, I'm down with them, like, going after um, guys, like, on a one- and two-year deal. Because, uh, like, kind of like the nature, like, a nature of rebuilding. It's, you know, I'm using the term rebuilding, like, because who knows 
Like New York rebuild, like the Rangers rebuilding is so like unprecedented. It's like yeah, okay, they sold off at the 2004 deadline, but like they didn't really rebuild. And of course, you know, there was the lockout. So it's like you know, we we, we haven't really seen um, a Rangers rebuild. So I'm using like the word rebuild very loosely, I guess. Yeah. But um, no, like signing like signing a free agent guy, maybe like a reclamation project. To one or two year deal, and then hopefully you can flip them um, and move them for picks at the end of his contract. That's like one reason why I'm like cool with Kovalchuk in like a patient sense. Um, you know, because like it gets really sticky, but it's like, you know, I, I have a hard time believing the Rangers are going to be like true, true contenders in the next, let's say, two years. Uh, I also so, have a hard time. Like, if, yeah, like, it, it, I mean, it's not, it's not impossible, and like, you know, who the hell knows. Even even like the lottery in a few weeks, like who the hell knows? But um, in that sense, it's like um, I used I used Yager with the Devils um, five years ago as an example, where it's like Devils signed Yager, and then they um, when he was forty one, and they traded him, and they traded him to Florida for a second and third. Then they used that second and third to get um, Kyle Palmieri in his early twenties. So like they basically just like free rolled, you know, an early twenties asset that's been producing for for no assets. So, you know, it's a good, it's just an example, but, um, so when you want to talk about, Hey, like, you know, Rick Nash on a two year deal, now you're talking my language. Rick Nash. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a hater as Greg would say. Um, I, I do like Rick Nash, no matter what Greg will say after I say that. And you're a hater. <laughs> okay. But I just don't feel comfortable bringing him back. I'm worried about some of the concussion stuff he's dealt with before. I'm worried about. The money he'll demand. It, I guess it depends on the price. If there, if if he came back for cheap, I wouldn't mind. But I just can't see him be back on this team. The more I think about it, especially with Kovalchuk coming. Well, yeah, and again, also depends. You know, like is DC going to be here? Is Zook going to be here? Like, who who knows what the team's going to look like in you know three months? Um, but no, that's fair. Um, but I would say that like about overpaying guys is like if you're not if you're not going to compete, then overpaying guys isn't as bad as it is if you are competing. Like it's never good to overpay a guy, but um like that's one that's one thing Rangers can really embrace if they're gonna be like liquidating or, you know, retooling, whatever you want to call it. Um they can really play the banker. Um you saw it a little bit with Bolesky where they acquired, you know, a bad contract. Um and they can do it. They can they can spend, you know, eighty million dollars a year no problem. Um so like one th- like one like you like you want to talk about free agents I, I do. Nope. I do want to talk about free agents. So you, you cut out there, Hockey Stabmeyer. You said you want to talk about free agents, and then I we lost you. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess not free agency per se, but it's like playing the banker in the sense of you can absorb like a bad deal if you're Got the Rangers it. and you're not and like you're not planning on winning the cup next year this summer. Like, go out and. Um, you know, I don't know, go to the Flyers and say, hey, we'll take, we'll take McDonald's contract off you if you give us assets. Um, or uh, speak, speaking of the Oilers, Milan Lucic, they got to get out from under that contract. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a bad one. Uh, I don't know about that one. Like, I, I'm thinking more, like, I guess, like two or three years, maybe. Not five. Yeah, that's. The, the contract's so. atrocious. It might be the worst contract in professional sports. Uh, that, that one's up there. I'm, Bob, it's like Bobby, Bobby Benilla is still getting paid, right? 
Shut up. Okay. God damn. Just what want, is your problem? Just nothing. Just throw it out there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> just worst contract. That, that is just a look. I get it. The Yankees blow. You don't have to take it out on me. Listen, man. you said worst contract in sports. Just look at one. That's pop- not a bad contract. The Mets are saving money on. I fucking hate. It. I'm not doing this today. <laughs> we're talking. About, we're having a serious fucking conversation with hockey stat miner about the Rangers, and you pulled that fucking shit. I did. God. Just, what a dickhead. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. Uh, I that minor. One thing we've talked a lot about on the pod, and I'm I I know you've chirped about it as well. The restricted free agents. How many do you expect the Rangers to resign? How many do you think they're going to trade? Oh gosh, um, I mean, like if you had to put, if I had to like set the over under on like how many, Ferdogan, Hayes, Nemestikov, Spooner, DC. Those four, right? Yeah, Shay and Shay and Gilmore as well. Gilmore, yeah. Um, I mean, it it almost makes sense that at least one of them will be moved. I mean, I, I mean, they could like trade like Zook, and then like they'll have a, you know they'll have like a spot. But um, Spooner is like he'll like Spooner becomes UFA next summer. Um, Hayes becomes UFA next summer, and I, I guess it's like what's best for Hedl and Anderson's development? Because right now, like, that's like six centers, right? Spooner, Mestikov, Hayes, Zvinijad, Hedl, or Hedl, Anderson. So, like, are you, you know, <laughs> if, if it, 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 I guess it depends on development and, like, where you're where you're projecting Anderson and Hedl to be. But it, it does make a lot of sense, like, either Spooner and Mestikov. Um, I guess I could see, like, Hayes, like, if it's a bigger deal, because, uh, you know, I mean, he's a free agent one year from UFA, but um, it, it, Spooner and Domestikov would, like, be my guess. And, like, I, you have to think at least one, like, probably, like, one would be, like, my guess for it's, like, moved for whether it's trading up or, or whether it's, like, some other, you know, liquidated asset. But, like, like I said earlier, um, like, the, the, the crop of forwards, like, that's not the problem right now. Um, if anything, there's, like, you know, I, I, it would make sense, at least, like, you know, if one if one of, one of those guys is gone, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I totally you, agree you with you. I, I just think it's interesting. You didn't mention VC once. You really do you? Was that just a? It's Jimmy VC. What are you actually going to get for him, or is that a you oh, think he's staying? Um, I mean, he could definitely be out. Like, cause like you know, you don't want, you don't want VC as like a fourth line uh, winger, and it's like one one the, the the depth you have now, like. <laughs> You know, is there really room for VC on the third line right now? Like, I, nope. I don't know about that. But the other question is, like, you know, is, what's what's the most someone will pay for VC? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is Edmonton really that stupid to, like, overvalue him? My my thought is, if, if you're trading someone like Zook for a rostered player currently in the NHL, VC would be, like, a little sweetener. Like, if you attach VC to Zuccarello, I, you obviously get more. If you try to trade VC straight up, it's hard to imagine getting anything really solid besides like a, a late second or a third rounder, most likely. Yeah. Alain yeah, did him no favors in terms of value. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he, well, yeah, he didn't get a lot of chance. Like, like he got more chance than Butch. Um, <laughs> you got more chances than Butch. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, like VC totally makes sense. Like, Again, it's like the last, the forwards are so crowded, and it's like okay, like what what are the offers going to be for the Rangers like 
in June. You know, well, like what are those draft day trades going to be? Um, but like, yeah, absolutely. Like, especially the Kovalchuk, it's like, okay, um, you can definitely like a winger is definitely expensive. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, it's this is easily the most interesting summer. As a, I can't remember the last time I've been this intrigued by what the Rangers could be doing this summer or any summer in terms of just remodeling the entire roster. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's wide open. It's wide open. Like, and like, and like I said, like you know, there's really no like no precedent. Like, uh, like I'm almost thirty. Like, there's almost no precedent in my lifetime for you know the Rangers rebuilding, whether it was. Smith or Sather or Gordon now, um, so I'm like I'm interested to see like you know like how how much I'm gonna use the word patience like how patient is Gordon gonna be here as far as you know are they are they really like are they gonna do stuff now but they're really thinking you know 2020 or 2021 is like when when the next you know tr- true window opens um, are they gonna you know be a little more aggressive and I mean you know like you know a, a Carlson trade will just change everything so, oh yeah absolutely it's really up in the air. Yeah, I just I I hear what you guys are saying that the Rangers might not be serious for another two years. I I can't believe Hank is going like if you have Hank, I feel like you're almost obligated to make a run just because you're not as great as we all think Igor could be or maybe or looks in Russia. There's there's no guarantee. Hank is as close to a guaranteed top flight goaltender you're ever going to have. And if you're not going to make a push. With Hank, I don't know who you make a push with. I guess is my thought. Well, like, yeah, it, it, it's really, it's like the temptation, the temptation to like be like, okay, screw it, let's go Carlson, let's go all in, like one more time, like that's that's so there, like I totally get it. It's probably um, wrong, in my opinion. Uh, it's probably the wrong move. Yeah, it, it it just, but like, I think one one important thing is like. Generally, and again, like this is going off of like you know the last ten years, where it's like you know the Penguins, uh, Kings, Blackhawks, like you don't need like a generational goaltender to win. Usually, if you have like a a, a team that's a Stanley Cup like thoroughbred, um, they don't rely on like the you know ridiculous, absolute ridiculous goaltending. You know, usually a, a, a caliber team is going to win, and goaltending like is more of like a interchangeable part than anything else. That's not to really take anything away from, you know, Crawford or, or, or quick or flurry or, or Murray or anything like that. But, um, there is something to be said about, you know, like as, from a rational pers- like perspective, how much of the Rangers going forward is like built around Hank? How much does it have to be built around Hank? And like the real painful question is like, you know, how is, how's Hank in age? Like, you know, where do we expect Longcliffe to be this time next year and the year after that? Um, you know, he's getting old. It pains me to say it, but he's, uh, it's, it, you know, father time is undefeated. Don't know where to yeah, go from here. Other exactly. than I hope we are back into the playoffs sooner than later. And I hope this rebuild goes swimmingly and we'll be here to cover it all. Hockey stat, uh, before we let you go here, do you have any questions particularly for us? We kind of go back and forth forever. I know you said you listen once in a while. I don't know if you want to answer the hot dog question. The hot dog like Is the hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, we talked about this, I think, on Twitter. you know of another hot dog question? <laughs> yeah. Ask, can you ask me the other hot dog question? <laughs> what is, is mustard good? <laughs> um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. Of course. 
Okay, sure. There you go. All right. There you go. And now it's Hockey Stat Miner. Follow him on Twitter. (laughs) Um, One day you'll understand. Well, I won't. I will not. Um, no didn't, matter. Didn't no, like a Supreme Court judge that yes, like say, yes. yeah, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You're not gonna. You're not gonna yeah. argue with RBG. Uh, I can't. Yeah, do this. It, it ends there. Right? Isn't that conversation over? I'm a GOP yeah. supporter, and they all. Oh, what's that? I'm getting raided. I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. Anyway, um, that's that's on topic. Uh, okay, let's get out of here. Huggy Dad, thanks so much for coming on, man. We're gonna end the podcast with you here. Um, so you can follow us at Twitter at Bushwick Break. You can follow Hockey Stat Miner at Hockey Stat Miner on Twitter. He does follows. He follows. He does amazing work there. Is there anything else you want to plug? Um, no. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys do a really good show. And uh, thanks, man. It was nice to stop by and talk to you guys. And uh, God help us all going forward. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you'll be back on the show. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to everyone soon. If you're not already a Patreon subscriber, you can be. We have new T-shirts coming out or coming out and getting ordered soon. Uh, Please, if you have any questions, you can know where to find us. We love you all. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.